Hello and welcome to the Baseball Wisconsin Podcast. I am your host, Tim Botzler. So episode one, we sat down with current WBCA president and head baseball coach at Oak Creek High School, Scott Holler. Scott has his name all over the record books, Wisconsin summer baseball history, and it went into spring with quite the bang. But we can't mention Division I spring baseball without Rob Hamilton, today's guest. Rob has been head coach at Sun Prairie High School for over 20 years, has been in the state tournament 10 times, and has won five. Let me repeat that, five Division I state championships in spring baseball. Now, looking at the record books, back-to-back state champs in 2005 and 2006. And then a three-peat, 2012, 13, and 14. Today we sit down with Rob and hear what makes this program unique, a little bit of his background as a player and a coach and a teacher, some of the ins and outs of Cardinal baseball that have led them to a perennial powerhouse that they are. Rob is also a former president of the WBCA and one of the great men in our game. I'm very excited to welcome head baseball coach, Sun Prairie High School, Rob Hamilton. We're here with Rob Hamilton uh, from Sun Prairie High School. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Well, hey, let's get right into it. So, um, Tell us about your journey in baseball. Maybe, you know, where'd you grow up, uh, your journey as a player and as a coach? Well, I grew up a small town uh, near Sun Prairie here in Waterloo, Wisconsin here, and uh, and graduated uh, from high school in 1980, and then I went to lacrosse and uh, played baseball there. And um, then I graduated with a uh, FIED and health degree, and I kind of bounced around, got uh a teaching job in Illinois and then Brown Deer in New Berlin and uh, coached a little bit of baseball there and then landed here in uh, Sun Prairie. My first year was 92-93 um, and I was the uh, assistant baseball coach for eight years under Gary By. and uh, we were fortunate enough to win a state title in 94 and in 97 and then um, I took over in um, 2000. So your first season is 2001? Yeah. Okay, so would this been your 20th year as head coach this past spring? Um, is that about right? Yes, it would have been. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. So if, if my uh, research is correct, 10 trips to the state tournament, five state championships, a back-to-back, and then a three-peat in there? Yeah, yep. Holy cow. Yeah, we've been pretty fortunate to have a lot of really good baseball players come through here. Fantastic. Well, what type of player were you? So at lacrosse, what, what, what position did you play? I pitched. Okay. Righty? Yeah. Righty. Yeah. Starter, starter reliever? Uh, I was a starter. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So obviously you've been coaching baseball for a long time. Um, I know you just recently retired from the classroom. So what, uh, what subject did you teach? I taught health for the most part. You know, I had a PE degree, but uh, mostly I taught health. At the high school level. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you know, one of the one of the most popular questions, right? It's a sports talk radio question. As you look at your your kind of Mount Rushmore of coaching influences. So as you look back on your career so far, you know, who are the three or four guys that's really impacted you the most? Oh boy, I would say right off the bat, uh, Art Westfall was my high school baseball coach, and I think he might have been one of the 
first uh, to start the WBCA in Wisconsin, along with Mark Fuller and some of those guys. And then um, okay, he left to go coach college baseball at Bethany Lutheran College. Um, but uh, that's kind of coach he was. He was he was at that level. And so when you're at a small town like Waterloo and you get somebody that good, and he was just a real good teacher of the game. And so I still keep in contact with him, and I still call him uh, – when I have uh, some questions and I need some solid advice, uh, he would be definitely my first that I would put on there. Um, another one was our pitching coach at UW-Lacrosse, uh, Raleigh Christensen. And Raleigh also coached football for years at lacrosse. He was their defensive uh, coordinator. But he was our pitching coach. And then I played in the summer up there with a team called the Lacrosse Old Styles. And he was also the coach uh, for that. And um, – he was just a, a mentally tough guy that uh, was fun to play for. But um, when you got between the lines, he was he was all about competing, and um, he was he was really fun, really fun to play for, and a great guy. And probably the last one would be uh, Mike Davenport with Madison College. I don't know if you know Mike or not, but if you don't, he's a great guy, a great coach, and super humble. But I think as good a coach as there is uh, around, and I'm sure he could be coaching other places, but I think he's kind of also a huge family man, and I think he's just happy in this area. And uh, But, man, he's he's really knowledgeable and a really great guy with his time and whatnot. And so probably those three right now. Yeah, well, you know, what always amazes me with Mike and, you know, hoping at some point to get him on here is, you know, he's got so many, such a – impressive record he sends kids all over the country and to all certain levels and you know he he's got one or two assistants at times but I feel like there's times he's doing it by himself so you know yeah. being so close to him like how, how does he do it what makes him so special yeah that is a great question and I do marvel at that too I've gone to some of their practices and you're right I mean he doesn't have a ton of assistants running around helping him out in various uh, positions you know and different things like that but he's got a plan and it's it's pretty laid back. He's, you know, he doesn't make things overcomplicated. He doesn't get too uptight. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's really good. Yeah, that's, that's quite the list right there. You know, you think about your youth days as a high schooler through college and then, you know, with, with Coach D. So now outside of our area, is there anybody, you know, maybe at the national level that you've gotten to know, even just, you know, you read, read their book, you heard them speak, uh, maybe that's even outside of baseball. Is there anybody that, you know, personality-wise, maybe you align with, or there's a program that you think you're always stealing nuggets from? You know, as you say that, uh, the only person that really kind of comes to my mind um, would be Mike D at uh, um, UIC, where um, I played with him at the, with the lacrosse old styles, and I got to know him there. He was coaching at Aquinas at that time. And uh, then he went down to Chicago and – I heard him, and I thought, you know, you're playing college baseball. You play with the old styles, pretty good baseball. You think you kind of know the game. And I went, and uh, when I started uh, coaching baseball at the high school level, I went to a WBCA clinic at that time in Milwaukee, and Mike was speaking, and um, I could not believe how many notes I was taking. And I walked out of there with probably five pages of notes from him talking about hitting and infield and whatever it was. And since then, I've been down to uh, his practices uh, several times and um, just picked his brain 
and Sean uh, McDermott is uh, one of his assistants. And um, I just, uh, I've learned a ton. He probably has no idea about that, um, but I've learned a ton from him. Um, and just, uh, he's also kind of a fiery guy that I think as the years have gone on, maybe is more, a little more philosophical than maybe he used to be in different things like that. So um, just kind of uh, watched him kind of from afar and have always kind of, uh, admired the the job he's done. Rob Fornasier at Minnesota was also a Sun Prairie graduate. And so I've known him for quite a few years. And he's another guy that I've been able to call and talk with and go to Minnesota and watch some of their practices. And uh, another really, really good guy. Fantastic. I mean, both those guys spoke in the last couple of years at the WBC. I got to imagine you had a pretty strong hand in that um, and, and locking those guys in. No, well, Mark Fuller does a really good job with those guys. And obviously, if you know Mark, he knows everybody and not just <laughs> in the country if they have something to do with baseball. And uh, the Godfather usually does a pretty good job of locking those guys up on his own. So, oh, that's great. Now, you sent a, an unbelievable amount of players to college baseball. And I always feel like, you know, when you, when you talk to those guys as their college students, sometimes you get an inside look into their collegiate programs. Um, just to, you know, hear their experience. Is there a, is there a program that you've sent a player to that you thought, you know, maybe you've stolen something or they, they run a certain, there's a certain philosophy or something that they've, they've come back to you and said, Hey coach, you got to bring this to center. Oh, that's a great question. Um, and I guess off the top of my head, I, w I can't think of any program that I would say, Oh yeah, that's, you know, we've had, you know, Tony Butler went to, to Virginia and I remember we brought him back here and you know he was talking about some things but um, I don't know if there was anything in particular that I remember uh, years ago we had a kid that went to uh, UW Oshkosh as a pitcher and he came back and, and showed us a lot of various drills that the, the pitchers were doing and um, and so we've we've incorporated some of those um, but um, Gosh, you know, off the top of my head, I, I can't, I can't pick a school that said, "Yeah, we've, we've, we've taken this from them" or anything. Okay, let's let's take it back into Sun Prairie. So, like, give us the scope of baseball in your community. You know, from youth all the way through your high school program. What does it look like? Well, and that's changing, um, but um, we have a really great uh, little league organization, um, and. I'm on the board of that and I just, I'm so impressed with some of our young parents and the dedication that they have to that. And, you know, we, we've really tried to make that, uh, an organization that, um, we don't try to separate the kids too soon where we don't want them, you know, well, let's have a, a traveling team at age nine and then let's have kind of a rec league for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the league, let's let's take our top twelve. And I know some some communities do that. And I'm not saying ours is right and theirs is wrong. I'm just saying what we've done here is we've tried not to do that because, as you know, you know who knows which ten year old is going to really turn out to be really good at 16, 17 years old. And we just try not to turn any kid off to baseball at a young age. And so we've really tried to make our league really important and really try to do a good job with the draft so that um, the teams are equal and, and, the, and the, com the play is really competitive. And then we have now also kind of incorporated where 
we do take teams out of there. We'll take, and maybe we'll split at age nine. We'll take, we won't have uh, uh, an A team, but we'll divide it into two equal teams. And we do that for a year or two. And then, then we decide, okay, now they're getting a little older. We're going to try to make an A team and a B team out of this age group. And, um, but as I said, it's, it's changing because we get a lot of parents that are now leaving and they're going to play travel baseball. And again, I'm not saying that that's wrong. Um, it's just not something that, that, that I've done uh, with my boys. Um, I got my youngest now is playing for GRB. And it was hard because we have a summer program. Obviously, this year we didn't because of the COVID. And they were able to play for GRB, so that worked out okay. But, you know, you hate to leave the, the Sun Prairie kids because of the team chemistry and all of that stuff. But I think, you know, if your kid wants to play at that next level and if he wants to get recruited and get noticed, I think maybe after their freshman year, if they're, if they're a talented enough player they, and they can play in a travel uh, program, then maybe that would be the time to do it instead of trying to do it too early. And I know parents get a little nervous about that. Well, I don't know, you know, the Joneses are going to go over there and they're going to play at sticks. So they're going to go play at hitters or whatnot. And so they get a little nervous. And so then they decide to do that route too. And I just remember a few years back when we had some, uh, my younger kids playing in little league, some of the parents would be like at the end of the tournament season, and they'd say, Coach, we got to get into another tournament. And now we're, you know, getting almost into August. And I'm like, well, why do you feel that way? And he says, because our kid says he wants to play more. He still wants to play more. And I said, now's the time then to quit playing. You know, in my belief would be, let's quit when they do want more. Instead of, are we waiting for them to say, Dad, I am so sick of baseball. I don't want to go to this next tournament. And then we're going to say, okay. And then pretty soon next year, they're like, nah, I don't think I really want to play baseball anymore. And so um, I don't think you need to um, uh, just overwhelm the kids with travel and games and games and games at a young age. Really get a good little league system going and get good coaches down there that care about the kids. And then as they get into the high school uh, age group, maybe then uh, they can venture out to do a little more travel. My thoughts. Yeah, no, I, thanks for sharing that. Thanks for opening that up. Um, so, all right, they now they're entering freshman year of high school. And now no matter what path they took to get there, um, you know, they're now in the building. So what does your high school program look like? Do you have three teams, um, you know, varsity, JV1, JV2? Do you have multiple freshman teams? What does it look like? We have a, a varsity team. We have a JV team. And then we have two freshman teams. We have an A and a B. Um, we try not to cut at the freshman level. And so a lot of times those kids, it might be even their first time they've ever even tried to play baseball. Um, and so um, we have a team that competes in the big eight and we have probably maybe Middleton. And sometimes, um, sometimes we'll get another school in there that'll have a, a third team, maybe Verona or somebody. We'll have a second uh, freshman team. So, but otherwise we'll take that, our freshman B team and we might play, you know, some smaller communities, JV teams or their freshman teams, like maybe a Waterloo or, um, 
a, a Marshall or, or something like that, um, Milton, different uh, towns like that, Waupon, we've tried to play. And so we try to try to get those kids uh, their, their games as well. But um, I think it's going to evolve to a JV2 team. And, but, uh, and they can play more games at the JV level and different things like that. So, uh, we're kind of, kind of evolving with that as well. And we're also trying to build another school and in three years, we're going to have two high schools. So I don't think that we're going to try to even cut even at the JV level so that when we do split, we have a lot of kids trying to play. Although I, we aren't cutting a whole lot of kids anymore nowadays. Um, so um, we don't have to worry too much about that. Well, that was kind of my next question was what, how many kids typically show up for tryouts and um, you know, what is your big number going to the first day of tryouts and, and how do you structure tryouts? I'm always intrigued. You know, every coach has a different setup. Some be, some people do a showcase type. They do uh, maybe an inner squad scrimmage. They practice, you know, uh, different grade levels at the same time. Or even you, how do you divide your time? Do you go down and see the freshmen um, so give us the, uh, the look at what, you know, the first day of tryouts. Yeah. Um, usually we have the, um, well, we do, we're fortunate to get that pitcher catcher uh, week that we got. And so we had the freshman and uh, JV together, or the, maybe the freshman and sophomore kids together. And then the juniors and seniors together. I take that back. Actually, we did the seniors and freshmen because we had so many freshmen and usually the smallest group of seniors. And then we had the sophomores and juniors together. And we said everybody is a pitcher or a catcher. And especially, as you know, with the pitch limit, um, you don't know who's going to be able to throw strikes. And so we're just trying to really zero in and try to teach all these kids the simple basics of pitching. Because I'm amazed. I'm sure you would probably attest to this as well. You just say, hey, you go quick throw batting practice. And the kid's like, I can't throw batting practice. You know, and you're like, well, you're a baseball player. You can't – we're going to shorten up the L screen so that you're only going to throw 15, 20 feet, and you're like, oh, my gosh, he can't. And so we're trying to get all these kids the ability that they can at least do that. So that that week of pitcher-catchers kind of helps us kind of get a, a feel for some of these kids and the athletes that we might have. And then for our tryouts, we really just go uh, juniors and seniors, the varsity team, and then if we feel that there might be a freshman or a sophomore or two or three that might have that ability to play at that varsity level, we'll invite them up. And we do three days, three days of trials. And so um, we do a varsity tryout, a JV tryout, and then the freshmen practice together as well. And um, so the freshmen usually practice for like a week together. And then they divide their teams equal or not equally, but the A and the B team. And then um, we'll practice our three days. And then if we think the kid can stay with us, we'll keep them up with us. Sometimes it's pretty fluid throughout the year where we'll take a kid and it might be a pitcher and he might throw for us on Tuesday, but he's also a pretty good hitter, but probably not at the varsity level. So we might send him back down to JV and then he'll get his swings in on maybe Thursday and Saturday. And then if we need another reliever or a pitcher, we might bring him back up. So we'll do that with a couple of kids here and there once in a while to uh, make sure they can still get their innings. I'm not a big believer in bringing up younger kids and sitting them. And so we try to make sure that they still get their innings in. But 
for what a, a trial looks like for us is we kind of just try to, you know, we time them and in the, in the 40 or 60 and we will uh, try to um, get a, a ton of looks in the batting cage and we videotape and, and try to get a look at their swings and uh, same thing with our infield and our outfield and our pitching and stuff like that. Um, and then if it's nice enough, which it might be this year since we're starting later, we really try to get them into game situations. You know, we got something that uh, we call one-eyed cat, which is where we bring the uh, L screen up shorter distance and either a coach will pitch or a kid, a pitcher, but a little more action instead of, you know, 60 feet, uh, six inches away and have that pitcher, you know, have some control problems and you're looking at your watch going, we're not getting enough look at these guys. Um, or the right fielder, you know, might be out there and he never gets the ball hit to him, so we can't really tell there. So we try to move the kids around and we try to get a lot of action, a game-like situation. You know, they all look good in ground balls in the gym, you know. Uh, and you're like, holy smokes. And then you get them out. And the bullets start flying, and and the pressure's on them, and all of a sudden that changes a little bit. And so if we can get scrimmages uh, going in inter-squad games, we do as much of that as possible. And uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, it's all right. That one-eyed cat, so is it cut? So it's like a simulated game on the field in just high pace, high tempo? Yep, yep. And then, you know, three outs, clear the bases, another three outs, and um, try to – Put a little at stake as far as sprints afterwards or something to to make sure that uh it's competitive but it's tryout so it usually it usually is pretty competitive anyways but um and you know, we tell our kids for tryouts we we're probably not going to coach you a lot in these first three days because if your swing you know doesn't look very good and and i'm trying to work with you on that and then some other kid ends up getting cut and you're like well but you worked with tim and you never worked with me. And so we're trying to avoid any favoritism that they might come back and say. And we just want it to be fair and equal. And so we just say, show us what you got for these three days. And obviously, if we can say something real quick to a kid we're going to, you know, like, hey, you know, you're opening up a little too soon. Try to, you know, try to hit that ball the opposite way. Stay in there. Stay closed or whatever. But we try not to do a ton of real breakdown teaching in in those three days so that it's just kind of fair for everybody and we try to get a really good look at it and you know in between innings our outfield coach will be hitting them you know fungos and our infield coach and our pitching coach will have other people down at the bullpen so we're trying to get looks as often as we can on those right right well I mean you guys obviously play pretty deep into June every year and you know fortunate to play at the state tournament you know like I said 10 years and but obviously then your summer program starts and you mentioned, do you guys have a Legion program in town? We do. Uh, it's not Legion anymore. Uh, actually it's sponsored by, um, Pre athletic club. So it's called our pack team. And, um, we used to have three, um, so we'll just call them Legion teams. And, um, we are now scraping to get one. Um, again, we got a lot of people all playing travel baseball but we don't want to just, you know, disintegrate it because we want to try to make sure that these other kids do have a place to play in the summer. Um, if they don't want to maybe play beyond high school and they want to stay home. and Or sometimes you get that kid that's really into football, and so he's doing his football camps, but he still likes baseball, and he's still a good player. So 
we try to keep our our legion team uh alive and and uh, still playing but it's hard because other communities are kind of running into the same thing and so you know a lot of times your pitchers and your catchers are gone and now you're like okay we got we got 12 guys but we really don't have many guys that can pitch we have nobody that can catch and so it gets to be kind of tough uh, it really does but uh, so far we're managing it oh i'd like to dig back into your high school program so you know like flying over your program the 30,000 foot view again all the banners all the accolades all the college players like i'd love to know what you know what's what, do you have any pillars of your program you know if what's your program built on well i think first of all first and foremost you've got to have good people you know and we've we've hired uh coaches that sometimes don't know a ton of baseball but they're really good with kids and they're good leaders um and so I, I i believe i have the best staff in the state and i'm sure you and i would argue that because i'm sure you think you do and that's what it's supposed to be but i i would i would go down in flames for my guys because I, I i really believe that they are the best um i had peter Gumina, he's uh He's a Waukesha guy. Uh, he graduated from Waukesha. Jack Marchese, he coached uh, in your area at uh, West Allis. And um, and Tyler Payne uh, pitched in Mankato area. And um, my JV coach is uh, Chad Cavanaugh, who is also a football coach from around this area. Aaron Buss played at UW-Whitewater. He's a football coach. He's my freshman coach. Michael Pogue is my freshman B coach. He's a football coach. So a lot of these guys, and I don't know how I'm going to do that when, when football overlaps for three weeks this spring. I don't know why I'm going to get all these coaches to do all of this because they're going to be coaching football. Um, but I think really it starts with making sure you have good, uh, good foundation with good leadership at all of those levels. Because if you don't, uh, you can't run a successful program. So... Um, I'm really, really fortunate with the assistant coaches that I have. Um, and then, um, you know, I, I think I cut you off there for a second. Um, yeah, that's, that's, you know, you, it's just very eye opening to me, you know, as much success as the varsity team has every year, you're talking about the program as a whole. So to me, I picture you at like at times in that CEO role, right. And you're managing, all these other men, these other leaders that are having all the touch points with your kids and pitching coach, hitting coach, freshman, you know, cause you can't be everywhere at one time. So I'd love to know, is there things that you do in the off season uh, with your staff, professional development? Um, do you guys meet, do you guys go to clinics together? You know, how do you build that staff? Yeah, I think you'd be surprised at how little we meet. Um, maybe you know once or twice before the season starts and that's about it um we go to the wbca clinic together and we'll meet there as well but um otherwise we we don't meet a whole lot um and again i understand that these guys have young families i understand that they're football coaches i understand football meets all the time um, I don't know if you're a football guy, but, uh, I used to be, and, Years and ago. there's a lot, there's a lot to football. 
Do you coach football? I did uh, before my kids were born. I was I was on the football staff. Yeah, and that's that's uh, that's pretty intense. And so um, I just uh, I try to respect their time, and I know that they're involved in other sports and their families and whatnot. So we really don't meet a ton as a group. I'll meet with maybe our uh, assistant coaches at the varsity level, and then we'll always obviously share everything and how we want how we want our pitchers to be taught and how we want this year to be the thing we're really working on that we learned in the off season about hitting this year or whatever it might be. But I think again, it goes back to hiring quality guys that are have leadership ability. And I'm not sure why, but it just seems like nowadays people don't want to be leaders. You know, they don't want to make that tough decision and they don't want to, you know, put down tough rules and, and that's not our group. Our, our group is, is really, uh, really, really good with that, really sound. And I try to, to say, hey, here's, you know, here's my philosophy, and I, I would like you to you know, kind of have the same type of philosophy, but I don't want you to coach like me. You coach like you. You be you. But here are some things. We're not going to have facial hair. You know? We're not going to wear some pants up, some down. We're not going to, you know, wear certain different colors under the I mean, we're going to have certain things that that we believe are Sun Prairie baseball. And when you put that jersey on, that means a lot. Um, but otherwise, uh, no, I don't have a lot of a lot of secrets to hand out there. It's it's just hiring the right guys. Fantastic. Well, and you started to get into it with just kind of the Sun Prairie baseball way. So when when I say that, what else comes to mind? Are there certain team building activities are there certain um you know things you do as a program you think that makes you unique or consistent that separates you from the pack um you know i think i, I think like all programs um my dog is scratching to get out here uh, um but when they leave we want to make sure that they understand what commitment means um to be committed to a team that's a lot different than, yeah, I'm not going to quit. And yeah, I'll be a good team player until things don't go right for me. You know, that's, that's not what commitment is. And so we want them to understand what, what commitment really means. We want them to understand responsibility, you know, to be on time, to clean up the dugout. Um, we want them to understand what team first means. To put yourself, you know, second is not always easy, especially when, you're a senior and you played as a junior and now all of a sudden you're not playing because we have this freshman or sophomore that's, that's really, really good. And, and he's better than you. Um, how do you handle adversity? You know, when that umpire makes that bad call, you know, how do you handle adversity when the other team and their dugout is doing all these cat calls and zoo animals and stuff. And we don't allow that. How are you going to handle that on the mound and, and various things? Um, mental toughness, you know, we want you to, to walk out of here and feel like, you know what, I'm a mentally tougher person. I can handle things, you know, when it comes to my job, when I, when I get hired there because of all of these things. Um, we also want them obviously to, to learn the game, to play the game the right way and then also enjoy it, you know, and, um, I don't know. We um, we play to win. I don't. I don't really want to, you know, apologize for that. 
that is our main goal at the varsity level. And we tell the parents that every year we are here to win and we're not here to win at the freshman level. And we're, and, and we're not here to win at the JV level, but it goes up a little bit. And this isn't little league where everybody gets to play. Um, it is at the freshman level. We try to play everybody every game and if they deserve it, if they're practicing hard. Um, but, uh, um, otherwise, uh, we don't really back down from that at the varsity level to say, you know what, you can't go on spring break. If you want to be a Sun Prairie baseball player, you're not going. Uh, if you want to go as a JV player, you can, but you come back and you're going to miss two games. You know, as a freshman, you can go, but you're going to miss one game. Um, so we try to put some standards down, but yet try to, you know, get them to understand that the next level, it might be a little, a little stricter. Um, so... Yeah, that sounds like again commitment you know, to all ass you know all facets of the game you know how you behave in the dugout in practice again what you do off the field you know when you when you become part of Sun Prairie baseball this is this is just what we do it's our standard um, that's fantastic so as I, yeah I, I, I don't know if it's right or wrong it's just the way we do it so I'm not I'm not here to say this is the way this is right you know if you want to do your cat calls in the dugout and you feel that that might get you a win, go ahead. You know, I'm not saying that that's, that's the wrong way to do it. It's just not how we play. It's, it's so. your, that's, your, that's your brand. Um, as you kind of peel back more of the program, are there certain, uh, what do you guys do for fundraising? What does that look like for you guys in your program? Um, we do a, a, a pledge letter. One of the things that we try to do that might be unique would be we really try to – well, we, I, I, as all of us do, we try to keep baseball important in your community. And sometimes that's not very easy, right? Um, it's not football. It's not basketball. And sometimes it's in the spring and people want to go on spring break and they're tired of, you know, the fundraising and all of that stuff. And um, so sometimes I think baseball can get kind of swept under the rug if, if you're not careful. So we really try to, to keep it in the community's eye. Um, we... Um, so I tell our kids, we, we need to, if we're going to, if we want the community to support, we got to give back. And so one of the things that we do is we have our kids rake leaves for the elderly. We'll take a Saturday or a Sunday. And if you're kind of a shut in or if you need help, I talked to the Colonial Club and elderly uh, community in, in Sun Prairie, and I talk to our churches and say, hey, do you know anybody? Or we put it in the newspaper. If you need your leaves raked or you need something done, maybe your lawn furniture brought in from the uh, from the garage out to the to the patio or from downstairs or you need your east troughs cleaned or whatever it might be so we spend uh, a day trying to help the community uh, shut-ins or the elderly there and we also will have um, our kids work the sunshine suppers where we're feeding uh, the needy in Sun Prairie and we'll also have them work at the food pantry when they have their big uh, mail delivery uh, day on a Saturday. Um, we do strikeout cancer. We play Middleton and it's called Cardinal strikeout cancer. They're the Middleton Cardinals or the Sun Prairie Cardinals. And we play and we, we do a, a big fundraising during the game. And we've raised probably over probably about 10 to 13,000 every year. And we've done it. Tom Schmidt, the former Middleton baseball coach and I are good friends and it was his idea. And, we've kept it going here after he's retired, but, um, 
we've probably raised um, maybe sixty, seventy thousand for pediatric uh, cancer here uh, that goes to the children's hospital here. Unfortunately, you know, both programs have been stricken with kids that have had that that are players and whatnot, so it really hits home. But um, we try to run free camps for our kids and stuff like that. So. I think if we if we can show the community we're trying to give back, we're going to get their support. And one of the things we do is is uh, send a pledge letter out. And also we have a board on our concession stand that's friends of baseball. And if you give us X amount, you know, you can get a single or a double or a triple or a home run or a grand slam hit for the cycle. So if you give a certain amount of money, your name or your company's name can go on there. Or you can, your name can go in our baseball program and different things like that. So the pledge letter is a big fundraiser for us. Um, and usually each kid will, will write out like 10 letters. And, uh, and then um, we usually do a, a fair amount with that. And then you, a lot of times that's about all we'll do. Um, other times in the past we've done, um, we've done a bed sale. Uh, for a few years, that went really well, um, and um, we've done uh, car dealerships where the, they bring cars up to our our parking lot, and for every person that drives a car, just test drives it, that dealership gives us X amount of dollars, um, and they're hoping to you know obviously sell a car, and we're actually uh, getting the cash for every time they drive one, so. Uh, we've done some things like that that uh, have been able to. I think if you're a young coach and you don't fundraise and you're just expecting your athletic director to give you the money, um, you're going to be in trouble. And um, we're fortunate right now to have all of us have our own boosters. Um, so the money we raise stays with us. It doesn't go into this big pot. Um, I'm a big believer in that. I think uh, if every uh, sport would really get after it, you could really make whatever you want. And so um, I think that's really helped our program as far as buying, you know, the nice pitching machine that we want or um, certain bats that we want or when we go on a, a team bonding thing, you know, that gets paid for and different stuff like that. So that's kind of what we've done for fundraising. Um Fantastic. Now, you mentioned like team bonding activities. Um, do you have things that you do every year, certain traditions that are, you know, you dial them up every year, you know, they work, um, certain places that you go. Um, again, you talk about uh, the letters you write, you know, what, what else, what else can we expect, you know, from Sun Prairie baseball? Yeah, we, we don't traditionally go every year somewhere. Um, we used to always go to the Metrodome and play up there before that got torn down. And that was also before we got turf. When we built this new high school in 2011, um, we raised, we got the baseball community here together and we went out and we raised enough money to, to turf the infield. And that was a blessing. Um, so that uh, we're able to get on our field all the time. And so we don't really sometimes need to go to many, uh, Minneapolis to to get games and scrimmages and whatnot in. Um, but we've gone to Minneapolis. We've gone to St. Louis. Um, and we tried to get down there and play uh, a few games down there. A few got rained out. Um, so it was a great bonding experience. But we didn't get the games in that we wanted to. 
Um, we've um, um, tried to, I always play Kimberly every year in a double header. And the years that we go down or, or up to Kimberly, um, we'll try to stay overnight. And there's a family uh, fun park, Badgerland uh, fun park that's there. And so we let our kids uh, have at it that like Friday night and then Saturday um, go play uh, Kimberly in a doubleheader. So we've done uh, some of that stuff. Uh, It just says so much about you and, you know, playing Kimberly. You guys see each other in the most intense environments and you're playing a doubleheader and staying over in their community. I think that's just kind of one thing that makes makes baseball guys unique, Um, maybe different than other sports, the fraternity of that. Um, so that's, that's, that's really powerful stuff. It's funny because I was talking to an old football coach and he said something like that. He said, yeah, he goes, you know, football coaches, he goes, I was a football coach and the only other football coach I liked was myself. And uh, it was just kind of interesting that he said that. And again, I don't know, you know, how true that is, but I just, I just know that, uh, obviously between the lines, man, you compete as hard as you can, but, uh, there isn't a whole lot of baseball coaches that, uh, that I've got a problem with and once the game is over with and Ryan McGinnis and Kimberly and whatnot is a prime example. Like you had said, we've played in the championship uh, game twice now and we play each other uh, every year and stuff like that. And, um, you know, once the game is over with, uh, we've become really, really good friends. I think, you know, just again, that younger coaches, older coaches, big school, small school, I think just being one of those guys, you know, keeps you in that fraternity that's pretty tight and, you know, cause things will come up, right? I mean, you talk to Ryan or you talk to Scott Holler or John Matera, these guys are athletic directors. You know, you talk to these coaches who have been doing it for a long time and they just want to help out if you're having a parent issue or whatever it may be. And if, if you don't have that, that network, you kind of feel like you're out in an Island a lot of times on your own. Right. I totally agree. Well, good group. Yeah. Absolutely. So during this, you know, COVID shutdown and, you know, there's been a lot of professional development opportunities. And you mentioned earlier that, you know, every year you feel like you're trying to improve something across your program. Is there something that's happened recently, uh, something you've learned recently that maybe challenges how you teach a certain skill or a certain philosophy, a certain part of the game that you're starting to rethink because of maybe some new changes in baseball? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think as coaches, we're always evolving, you know, and that's why, you know, you, you go to your clinics and read your, uh, read your books and watch your blogs and whatnot. Um, a couple years ago, we went with a core velocity belt and Vanderbilt, uh, is, uh, huge on that. And obviously one of the best programs in the country and thought, well, if it's good enough for them, probably good enough for us. So we've invested another reason why you got to have a, your own booster club uh, because we've invested in, in uh, a bunch of those core velocity belts and they've kind of, uh, we had a guy come up and from Illinois that was, uh, uh, had been to a lot of their uh, sessions. And so he taught us some various drills on that. And I think the basics to that core velocity belt that, that changes philosophy is it's, it's not about a lot of your fundamentals. Like where is my chin to my shoulder when my hand is back here? And all of that is more or less your eyes and your feet, you know, and it's kind of what they're talking about, you know, and, and 
it's pretty simple and it alleviates i think a lot of the things that these kids come back to the dugout you know and say hey coach you know did you see was i opening up too soon with this and this and this core velocity belt has kind of eliminated some of that stuff so that'd be one thing i would think okay um now you've been coaching for many years and you kind of went through your journey in baseball um if you could kind of go back and you know what do you know now that you wish you knew when you got started what what, what hard lessons have you learned throughout your decades in coaching you know, we kind of talked about the standards that we have here at Sun Prairie, and I think maybe when I was younger, I was a lot more, uh, what's the word? I was less patient, maybe. Um, and I remember an example when I was Gary Vai's assistant and the grounds crew guy, when they did drag the diamond, you know, and again, we're at Division One, so we're fortunate to even have that, right? And but they'd always they always drag over the mushroom, and we'd spend a half an hour trying to find where second base peg was. And I said, I'm going to go up to the athletic director right now, and tell him this is bullcrap because we're spending all of our practice looking for this peg, and this is nonsense. And he's like, No, you're not. I'm like, I'm not. He's like, No. He goes, and Gary Bio is the best. He's really laid back, and he's in the WBCA Hall of Fame. But he just said, Rob. We'll sleep on it, and we'll talk to him in the morning. And he was so right. You know, I wasn't going to get anything accomplished by going up there hot-headed and telling the athletic director, who at that time was Dave Anderson, who is now the WIA president. Um, but uh, that probably wouldn't have went well for me. Um, and so um, uh, just things like that where – Everything is not important. And is that a hill you really want to die on? Do I really need to, to do that at this point? So I would think probably that would be my main thing. Sleeping on it. A night of sleep, kind of the, the overnight 24-hour rule that we, I think a lot of us try to deal with parents. As coaches, we got to do the same thing at times. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard, you know. But I think uh, the older you get, you kind of learn some of that stuff. Um, but um, so you, uh, you kind of wish you could go back and say to that kid that you, you know, barked at for missing the sign, you know, hey, I might have been a little hard on that one, you know. Right. Sorry about that, you know. But they're all, they're all still okay, I think. <laughs> all right. Well, Coach, last question for you. Um, so you mentioned a couple know you like you like to read um reading blogs like you know was there something you'd recommend to coaches is there a book is there an article uh some someone to follow on social media like what um you know what well how would you send us down a better path with with resources one of the books that i like to read and i give to our kids uh to read if they're struggling a little bit mentally is golf sacred journey and Mike D, I think, came to a clinic years ago and talked about that book. And so I read it, and I thought it was really good. Um, and it's uh, just kind of, the, as you know, going to these clinics as well as like that red light, green light, yellow light. You know, everything's going good. You're a green light. And all of a sudden, you shank one, and you're in the tall stuff, and you're mad. And now, you you know, you try to get out of it. And instead of punching out, you, you hit it further out in and and all of a sudden, now you're at yellow light, and now are you going to stop? And are you able to get yourself back in the fairway and proceed? Or are you going to hit it even deeper? 
and, and now you're at red light. And, you know, and that sometimes happens with pitchers. You know, they're cruising and all of a sudden should be strike three and they didn't get the call. And now they get ticked. Now the next pitch, they hit the guy. And then the next pitch is a wild pitch. The next guy gets a base hit and they score, you know. And and it, it just kind of teaches you uh, a lot about uh, yourself in that book. Um, some of the podcasts of John Gordon, um, I know I've, I've hit a couple of his um, – other things that I've read, Inside Pitch, that magazine, um, and Collegiate Baseball magazine. Um, and I think the best thing that I've done is just go to practices. You know, like I said, I've gone to Minnesota's practices. I've gone to Mike D's at UIC. I've gone to Mike Davenport's here in Madison and uh, Coach Bo at Whitewater, great coach. Um, we have so many really good coaches here in the state you can go to high school coaches uh hard to go to their practices because you're practicing at the same time but there's so many valuable uh assets and resources out there for us call mark fuller you know he'll he'll gladly give you your the time of day um and uh, especially now i think he just had his knee replaced so he's he's laying around so call mark and uh bug him with some baseball questions he'd love to talk baseball all day to you um, so, um, but yeah, I, I would say probably, um, going to practices would be, and, and obviously the WBCA clinic is second to none, but go to those things and then, you know, kind of read up when, whenever you can. Mm -hmm. Great coach. Is there anything else? Um, let's, yeah. Is there anything else that comes to mind? Um, anything else you want to, you want to share about, you know, maybe your journey through baseball or any advice for other coaches? Um, the only advice I would give, and I kind of mentioned that earlier, is just kind of coach the way you want to coach, you know, and not the way you feel that maybe your high school coach would want you to coach or, you know, the coach before you did it or whatever, kind of blaze your own path and whatnot. Um, I know now, again, kind of as I get older, a little softer maybe we listen to music all the time during our practices except for when we're really trying to maybe do some first and thirds and talking through some stuff but during batting practice and during our fungos and stuff like that we've always got music going and stuff like that and you know some some throwback might go I don't like that you know you're here to you know blah 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 but you know do whatever you feel is right for you and if you feel like letting the kids go on spring break and you know, giving them that week off and coming back and trying to make the most of it, you know, do whatever is right for you and your program. Um, but otherwise, uh, I'm, I'm not very good at giving advice. Well, Coach, you, you gave us plenty today. And uh, so, so I want to I thank you for your time and, you know, and, and everything else. So, so I really do appreciate it. Oh, yeah, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. It was great chatting with you. And there it is. Huge thank you goes out to Rob Hamilton, head baseball coach at Sun Prairie High School, for taking time out of his busy day to sit down with me. Rob has had a tremendous impact on baseball across the state and is extremely humble for what his resume shows. Really can't thank Rob enough for taking the time and for help grow our game across the state. Please join us next time when I sit down with the WBCA godfather himself. You know who I'm talking about. Anybody who's close to the WBCA knows exactly what I'm talking about. He had me cracking up. He's got a ton of great stories, a wealth of knowledge and experience, and just loves to talk baseball. Join us next time 
as we sit down with the Godfather himself. Have a great rest of your day.